0: I just want to talk to your heart a few minutes this morning. Saul of Tarsus, a religious leader, met Jesus and was changed. He's changed to Apostle Paul. And after his shipwrecks and prisons and beaten often and all he goes through, all his mission trips and all the churches he establishes and all the books and the Bible he writes and all the Timothy and the John Mark that, that he... He fashions and molds into great men of God after all his prophecies and his teaching and his preaching. Paul comes down and he's at Rome where he's brought before Nero for the second time. He's coming down to the close of his journey. I've always thought that some of the most important words a man or woman could say would be some of their last words. And as we turn to Timothy here, we find some of Paul's last, last recorded writings to us. And he says this in Second Timothy 4 and 6. For I am now ready to be offered. Early I hear him cry. I'd kind of like to go. I'm tired of the beatings and the shipwrecks and the, the torment. He said, But I, I got another sermon to preach and I got another soul to reach and I got another mission trip in me and I, I don't want to go till I'm empty. You folk have been so kind, you buy me a bottle of cologne or something. I told somebody the other day, I said, I'll wear my cheap stuff to work in and wear my good stuff to church. But Sheila gets tickled with me. I'll turn it upside down, and I'll shake it, and I'll try to get one more drop out of it. So Paul turned himself up down. He said, I don't got another message. I don't got another song. I don't feel another mission trip. He said, I'm empty. I'm ready to go. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to go. He said, I have fought a good fight. Hallelujah. Can anybody say that, Lord? I've, I fought a good fight. Oh, hallelujah. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteous, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. And now Paul's talking about the Lord. He's talking about heaven. Then he comes back to the earth realm, and he says, and he's thinking, and his thoughts are rolling, but I'm lonely. I'm in this prison cell. I'm being mistreated, and I'd sure like to be surrounded by a few friends. So he turns the text, just turns it a tight corner, and he says, do that diligently to come shortly unto me. If you knew what I was going through, you'd be here holding my hands up, and I need my friends. And then after he tells, he tells that all he's been through and he's wanting to bring his coat and his cloak and, and we'd call it books. He calls it, part, I want you, he did mention books, but he said, I want you to bring my parchment. I'm going to do some more writings. I think I got, and I, I want to finish up. But then he goes to 2 Timothy 4.21. And he said, he said, I want you to come to me. Please come to me. He tells him, do thy diligently to come shortly unto me. Then with the seriousness, one of his most serious statements, he says, do thy diligence to come. Before winter. Somebody write that down their market. Second Timothy four twenty one. Go home and read that and study that. Do thy diligence to come before winter. If you're gonna get to me, you need to come before winter. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Timothy, if you don't come now when winter season sets in, you'll not be able to, to navigate across the Mediterranean. It'll be dangerous for ships to venture out to the sea. Timothy waits until winter. He'll have to wait until spring. And Paul has a feeling that he'll not last out the winter. For he says, the time of my departure's at hand. We like to think that Timothy didn't wait a single day after this letter arrived. We like, well, I'd like to think that he immediately got onto that, 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 that ship and, and, he, and he took off. And if I could turn the course of my sermon just a little bit and speak to somebody in the house and somebody watching by internet and somebody later that will be watching on telecast. Do thy diligence to come before winter. If you're going to get to God, you better come before the Mediterranean ice is over and before there's no way to get to him. I feel the presence of the Lord drawing somebody to come now. I've heard this statement, this text, this thought preached on from my daddy since I was child from many, many, many. But if I could have your attention just for a few moments, I I would like to give my best to preach this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's Paul said, Come before winter or never. There's some things if we don't be done, if we don't do them now, we may never have an opportunity again. There are voices speaking today in this house that could be silent a year from now. There are people that walked in this house today that a year from now might not never take another step till that judgment day. Everything has a season. Some things have a short season. Some a longer season. And I don't know how long, and yours season is to get right with God I wish I could tell you that God is gonna have mercy on you till you're 70 or 80 or 90 but I have buried 16 year olds and I have buried 9 year olds and I've buried 11 year olds and if I was you I wouldn't waste a day I wouldn't go a day without God I, I wouldn't take a chance on going to bed without God I wouldn't take a chance I wouldn't take a chance. I, I wouldn't lay down my pillow and sleep till I knew I was right with Almighty God. The winter passes, the spring comes, and and Timothy Timothy got busy. And, and I'm, I'm just just saying this. What what if Timothy had got busy? What what if he hadn't heard the seriousness of Paul? What if he had waited and winter come and the 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 the, the, the sea freezes over and the ship can't travel and he's he's there and then then he walks up he says oh I've not seen him in a year I want to see my beloved Paul and he runs in and he and they swing open the prison cell and he runs back to looking in cell after cell after cell and he can't find the face of his beloved Paul and finally one of the jailers walks in and he says who are you looking for young man he says oh I'm looking for Apostle Paul what if this had happened he said, oh, oh Apostle Paul, you must be Timothy. He told me you'd come. Every time, every time the door opened for the past few months, he'd, I'd see his head stick out those bars. And he says, is that my Timothy? Son, I don't know what happened, but you never come. His last message was to give my love to Timothy, my beloved son. When he comes, tell him, I, I went home. They, they, they beheaded me. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. My life is over. We don't know all that story, but I I, I want to ask somebody in here. You need to come before winter. I, I guess the greatest thought that can engage the human mind is eternal life. I I, I talked to an atheist, and I told him, Son, if, if I'm wrong, the, the, the way I've lived, it's taught me to be a better husband, be a better father, to love people, to be kind to people in need, to help people. And if I'm wrong and they bury me and there's no eternity, I've had a wonderful life. But sir, if you are wrong and there is a God... If you are wrong and there is eternity, you've lost everything. Cause this life is seventy or eighty or ninety years is a while. Eternity's a long time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Would anybody just lift your hands and say, "I got saved"? I'm so glad I got saved. I'm so glad I didn't wait till winter came. I'm so glad that when the Spirit drew me, I heeded. There, there, there's a word. That I hear too often. There's a word in all my preaching and praying I don't know always how to deal with. It's a long word. It's not an ugly word, but it's one of the saddest words. And I hear it quite often, and it's tomorrow, preacher. Tomorrow. I, I, I'm not a bad person. I, I'm a good person, I'm probably good as anybody here, but I don't need him. I'll, I'll pray tomorrow. But what if winter comes? What if winter comes? What if, what if winter comes? What if you try to get to him and you can't get to him? I'm going to preach real gentle, but I'm going to preach real honest. I'm going to be real open. We. We've got this thing in in religion that if if you can sing a song about mama in heaven and get people crying and get their hearts soft and get them to say some little prayer, that that's all it takes to get saved. But that has nothing to do with getting saved. Ain't nobody can get saved unless the Lord's drawing. You don't get saved because you cry certain tears. You don't get saved. Hallelujah. You can only walk in with the doors open. And if he ever closes the door, you can't get in. He said, "No man can come except he's drawn, and if you feel him drawing today, oh, don't turn him away. If you feel him tugging today, don't turn him away. I know this world offers a lot of things, and and I know it, it has a lot of things, but and and and, and I, I don't know how." heavy your load is and how much pressure is, and I don't know how much you own and how much you got, but I could speak for this little country preacher. Not just my own loads, but the loads of the local church, the loads of the TV ministry, the loads of being a senior evangelist and all the pastors that call on me different hours of the night or day. My load's not always light, but you're going to have to search a long time before you'll find somebody happier than me. You're going to have to look far and wide. I'm not telling you I'm laughing 24 hours a day. I find myself crying a lot. God, where are you? But deep down inside of me, hallelujah, I, I, I went to school with Frank, and they play this in Blue Ridge, Georgia, but I went to school with Frank. I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, going to church, and Frank was kind to me. He was my buddy. He was he was one of those just nice to me, but Frank did a lot of drinking, and he taught me about his parties. I tell him about a little service and he'd tell me about a night and I I just tried to keep the door open but they found little old Frank's truck wrapped around and about about 18 core beer cans scattered everywhere and his life had a sad end but here, here I am about 40 years later still telling somebody that Jesus still saves and he still heals and he still delivers I'm telling you there's a life out there that's fun there's a life out there hallelujah church don't get mad at me I'm preaching right if it wouldn't if drinking wasn't fun they wouldn't spend millions of dollars on it if if somebody didn't uh, we try to make it look like it's just awful and awful I've never tasted of it I never want to taste of it but there's something but I, can, I can't tell you one good story that's ended. anytime I talk about drinking I see Uncle Worth picking my little ain up and throwing her to a glass window anytime I talk about drinking I remember as a seven year old crying looking down at the blood of a dead man where they got drunk and there was a murder and I saw it at seven years old. I can't tell you one story about Drake or about drugs and ended happy. I can tell you. I can tell you about the daddy that sold his table and sold his groceries to buy a needle to put in his arm. I can tell you. I can tell you about the people I buried, but I don't have one good ending story. I never saw the fun part. I never saw the happy part. I saw the sorrow. I I saw the trouble. I saw the pain. I saw, I saw. as about a nine-year-old shaking and crying when about a six-foot-eight man walked in our house with a broad axe, cussing words that a that a nine-year-old ought to not hear and he said where is that drunk where is he at that drug my horse and killed it he said drunk he didn't know the horse fell out of the truck I'm going to cut, cut him up like he did my horse where is he hallelujah and that little drunk was hid behind our house in a laurel patch hallelujah he come at about 8 o'clock that day crying and he still had the rope, bloody rope on the back of his truck and he said I was hired to haul this horse and I said drunk the horse fell out And I didn't know it, and I've killed this horse, and I've I've cut it loose, and they burned it, and the man that owns a horse is looking for me to kill me. Preacher Wynn, Miss Wynn, will you hide me? Will you not? He didn't go to the sheriff. He went to a little Pentecostal family. Will you hide me? I didn't see the laughter of the drug. I saw my mom get a hold of his little legs and slide down in the floor squalling, said, a horse ain't worth you going to prison over, and a horse ain't worth you being lost over. Yeah. And I saw the Spirit of the Lord come in that room and calm that murderous spirit. And I watched that man turn around and walk away and said, Tell him, I better not see him till I cool off. Hallelujah. 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 But I've seen, I've seen the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen the peace of God. I know what it is to drink from the fountain of living water. I know what it is to feast at the feet of Jesus. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is to be held in the arms of the Lord. I know what it is to rest my feet in the lap of Jesus. I know what it is at the midnight hour to have Jesus walk into my presence and hold me. You're too late to make me doubt it. You come too late to tell me he's not real, but it's always tomorrow. But now is accepted time. For he said, "I have heard then a time accepted, in the day of salvation." Behold, now is accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I looked up the word salvation. It's regional Greek. It's forty-nine ninety. It means to rescue or safety, to deliver, to have. Saved to be saved. John 6 44 No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. We don't get saved when we want to. He got to draw, and I feel him drawn today. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, the reason I feel such an urge today is the uncertainty of human life. David stands there, but Jonathan, strong and young and healthy, and he makes this statement, they're just a step between me and death. Do you know that's true of every one of us? What, what shadows we are. How life can change. One phone call, one hour, one situation. It can change everything about you and me. A moment of time. There's an old saying, repent the day before you die. They ask no rabbi, but how do we know the day of our death? He said, Get it right, repent today, and you'll be ready. Come before winter. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Second reason why Christ calls a man today and never tomorrow is that the disposition, the, the quality of a man's heart may change. There's seasons, there's a time to plant, a time to reap. And our hearts like soil, it has its favorable season. So you you, got to let him touch you when you're tender, when your heart's soft. For our hearts get cold as marble, for it gets hard hard as flint. Sheila and I, last year we were preaching close to Washington, D.C., and we visited the museums and monuments, and we went to Mount Verne, George Washington's beloved home. It's there on the Potomac River, just one of the most beautiful places. And, and since then, I've studied and read about his colors, how he painted his room. George Washington loved bright colors. But one of my favorite things might have been the blacksmith shop. This guy, was the, the crowd was kind of low, and there was nobody there but Sheila and I, and he took time to talk to me. To answer my questions, and he just just walked away from the the the, the furnace, and he came over, and he talked to me. But he was making nails that day. He was making going to make thousands of nails, and then he then he watched let me made, let me watch as he made some wrought iron. I mean, his craftsmanship was beyond amazement. Remind me when I was preaching on the island of Jamaica, their craftsmanship. But, it, but this is what he told me, and this has really stuck with me. Because one time I asked him a question. He said, will you hold that? I only have a few moments to mold this, or I'm going to have to reheat it. And I said, well, explain that to me. And he said, he said, this metal, he said, I get it to a certain temperature. And he said, I just have a, just an amount of time to mold it. And then it'll get so hard you cannot bend it. And that's the way of the human heart. God deals with it, and it's soft. It could be a day or week and God can mold it and he can touch it. But if we don't allow the hand the hammer of the Lord to to begin to shape us, that little heart that was once soft, that little heart that was used to not be ashamed of him, that little heart that used to cry for him. A hardness gets over and it says, But I don't need him no more. I I, I just don't need him no more. I have helped people weeping and they said, what's happened to me, preacher? I used to love him and I used to want him, but he's not important to me no more. Come before winter. Come before your heart gets cold. Come before the word of God can't touch you. Come. People think the only thing that stops us from getting to God is when we lose our breath. That's just one of many. One thing stops us is when our heart gets so cold that he just don't move us. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the reason songs of Solomon cried, draw me and we'll run after thee. If you'll just pull on me, I'll chase you. I'll run after you. So some it's always tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. All our yesterdays are gone. Grippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadeth me to be a Christian. I, I'm going to preach my very best today. And I, I'm going to stand before God and give account of this sermon, but I pray I preach good enough that somebody don't leave here say, He almost got me to Jesus. He, he almost. I, I pray that the heart will be touched today. I pray that there'll be a soul soft today. This Paul is a reason of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come, Felix, tremble and answer, go thy way for the time when I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. Devil, ain't never going to let you have a convenient season. You just got to make up your mind, I'm going to live for God. I'm just going to live for God. I'm just going to live for God. I'm just I, going to, I think a lot about the mercy of God. I, I think about the kindness of God. I think about a, a little mother in a western state who has been my friend before I've known Sheila. And she told me, she said, Brother, when there's not a day goes by that I don't pray for you. And I think of this precious mother, has five sons of her own. I think of this precious angel. But one of her sons, this, this pastor, got out of church, had been away from the Lord for a pretty good while. And, and we, we, we'd been praying. She'd call, we'd talk. I mean, it'd been people praying all over the country this this precious man been away from god and mama kept praying lord don't, don't let my and he, he was about my age but he was her baby God, don't let my baby go to hell. Don't let my baby be lost. Hadn't been to church in a long time. Hadn't thought about God in a long time. But on a Wednesday night, on a Wednesday night, all, all, all Tuesday night, the Lord dealt with him. And on Wednesday night, for the first time in many years, he walked in that little church and laid in that altar and gave his heart back to the Lord because of the power of mama's prayers. Got right with God, Give his heart back to God, and he didn't know that the very next night they was going to be a break in in his home and and, and when the guy had stole and had all the possessions gone he's going to walk into his room and see him laying there in his sleep and when they caught him and he told later he said he said I was I didn't realize anybody was home I thought it'd just be a simple break in don't even know why I had a gun with me he was a young teenager don't even know why I had a gun with me he said but when I saw him laying there I thought if he wakes up he was going to tell and he took his life hallelujah and he was about eight 18 hours from spending eternity lost but hallelujah he didn't wait till winter came hallelujah he came before winter he came before winter he came before winter I remember on Thursday afternoon a few years ago they called me into the office and they said brother when there's somebody on the phone watching the program wants to speak to you and it was a young man 36 years old said I've been away from the Lord a long time I've, I've, I've lost my walk with him and my heart toward him. And I've been watching the program and something's pulling on me. You think he would still love me and still touch me? And I said, son, he never did stop loving you. He still loves you. Will you think he'd still help me? I said, he sure would still help you. We talked a while and he hung up. He called the next day, he asked some questions. He said, Used to have new cars and new home, lost it all because of drugs. He said, You 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 think you think you'd help me if I could get to church? I ain't got no way. I said, Brother, Brother Jerry's driving. And then I said, we got a church bus. Jerry will pick you up Sunday morning. He said, will you tell him? I said, I'll tell him. He'll pick you up. Hallelujah. We had church. And I preached on a little old message on being kind. He come and he knelt in this altar and prayed. And on the way home, he tells Jerry, he says, this, this is just a good day, a happy day, best day of my life. Jerry said, but I don't understand. You, all your family's gone. Your, your health gone. He said, yeah, but I've been lost about two years. And the devil told me the Lord didn't love me. But I got saved today. I just got saved that just got saved. I got saved. Hallelujah. Left church. We, we'll leave here in just a few minutes. He left church on a Sunday like this. 36 years old. Goes in the house. Changes clothes. Sets down. Makes a sandwich. Never has time to take one not out of it. His heart busted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Missed hell by about three hours. Somebody ought to praise God right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad he didn't wait till winter come. Oh, I'm so glad he didn't Wait! <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Would you come back to the music? Would you stand to your feet? Would you bow your head? If you've got a lost loved one that you're praying for, you ought to come to these altars. If you don't know where you are with Jesus, you ought to come to this altar. If your heart's got tired and weary and cold, you ought to come to this altar. If you've never allowed him to be your savior, will you please come to this altar? Would you please give this Jesus an opportunity? Would you please give this Jesus a chance to touch you, to renew you? Would you please come before winter? Everyone in the church that would. Would you come to these altars and just say, Lord, I want my burden back. I'm around somebody whose winter season's about to come. This week I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to face somebody. I'm going to be around somebody who's about to have a winter season. Would you come? Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. Oh, millions have come. There's still room for just one. There's room. Hallelujah. Would others please come? Would you just come and ask the Lord, Lord? I'm around somebody. I know somebody who's going to have a winter season. I, 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 this week, I'm going to look into somebody's eyes. This week, I'm going to face somebody. that This time next year, they may be gone. I would like to have clean hands to know. I loved them. I cared for them. Somebody needs to come before winter. We're young. We're strong. Preacher, I've got a lot of years. Not a, am not a good person, preacher. I've got a lot of years. Please come before winter. All over this church, heads bowed, eyes closed. Somebody begin to pray. Father, if it's my baby, if it's my child, if it's my friend, how hard would I pray? How hard would I reach? But every soul is just as important. Every life is just as important. Everyone is just as precious. Please, Lord. Our sleep is gone. My heart is full of sorrow. Lord, I can't believe how much I've let you down. Lord, I dread the pain.